Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday night segment of the Outer Realm. We are broadcasting live here on the United Public Radio Network 105.3 FM from New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee who have been with us since day one. So thank you, Folgers. Also, big thank you to our other sponsor, Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, a.k.a. Justin Snicker. Uh, who is responsible for that amazing intro and outro that you guys hear. His music is found anywhere that good music can be found. Tonight, we welcome back the return of David Weiss. He's going to be continuing where he left off with the flat earth perspective, shall we say. Try to reframe that. So love him or hate him, you don't have to agree with him. However, as per our motto, we don't always necessarily share the same um, we don't have the same feelings, you know, about a lot of what our guests talk about, but we always give them the respect and the courtesy of listening. And we are all students. And from that point on, we expect everybody to play nice in the schoolyard. We're going to leave that right there. So with that being said, I have basically fired off an invite that way he should go. And I see that the chat room is filling up. So hello, Bubbles in the house. There we go. We've got Wayne, Tamara, Zach. Love it. Love it. So should be interesting. We had a real, I know you do play nice, Zach. That's <laughs> just in generalization. Um, but we had a really fun time with him the last time. And um, we're really looking forward to it again. He's just, he's just got really good energy. He's just full of energy. He's passionate about his cause and what he talks about. And I think that's great. You know, I think that he really believes this and he really wants to put it out there. And um, we are happy to offer that platform for people to talk about what their perspective is on certain things. And again, as per our disclaimer, we don't necessarily, you know, share the same opinions, but we do always you know, show respect to our guests. They are taking the time out of their evening uh, to spend with us all. And um, whether you agree or don't disagree, um, I think, again, you know, the courtesy is everybody deserves the courtesy. But I have to say, he had and still holds the record for um, probably the highest archive hit on SoundCloud. It's, that's right. It went up really quick. So he's probably neck to neck with a couple of Joes and ours, but uh, he really went up quick. And on, on YouTube, he does hold that, that record with us. He's got well between two and 3,000 listens. And that happened relatively quick. I put that on the Outer Realm YouTube um, just as an archive, as a backup. And within a week, it shot up to over 2,000 
So there's definitely some interest out there. Um, yes, Tamara, everyone does have a right to their own view of the universe. And is that going to be one heck of a show tonight? It will. I think so as well. I think it's going to be a great show. Um, I heard somebody make a comment today um, just going through some research and you're checking out other people's shows that, that our guest has done. And, and people are like, you know what? You can believe what you want. That's your perspective. It's your prerogative. But if you're in a position of authority, you shouldn't teach certain things to people. I'm going to talk to him about that tonight. But <clears throat> I don't know. I think, you know what? I absolutely agree. But people, again, have the right to listen and make their own judgment call. I think we've been living in, you know, suppressed state of everything um, for quite a long time now. And over the last couple of years, it's been having to mind our P's and Q's, um, including right here, you know, on, on YouTube and such. So we do, you know, we, we are seeing a lot of censorship and that sort of thing. And I just don't think that that's right. I think if, if you're an adult, then you should be able to make up your own mind. If you're a child, then a little bit of a different situation. And, you know, the fact that you'd be listening to, to one of these shows, I would like to think that you'd be with a parent or somebody along those lines just to sort of guide you through that. But as we wait for David to come in, I'm going to grab his bio. So he is a, David Weiss is a businessman who walked away from his own very successful company to pursue spreading the truth about our world. He is the host of the Flat Earth Podcast, creator of the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. He has an amazing ability to take anyone from ridiculing the idea of a flat earth to the mind-blowing understanding that we don't live on a spinning, wobbling, rocketing water ball in infinite vacuum. I like that. He also shows you why the topic is the most important topic of these troubled times. And we are in troubled times without a doubt. So with no further ado, here he is. Hey, how are you? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me back. <laughs> oh, we had a blast with you the last time. <laughs> Yours would be great. Oh, hey, I just want to start out by saying nobody should believe anything I say, right? right. I'm going to point towards a bunch of doors that you've never seen, probably haven't seen. And then it's up to you listeners to go investigate yourself and find out what's true. Belief is the enemy of knowing belief is easy. It's a lazy man's trick. You want to be rich, invent something that'll make people lazier and everyone will get it. Okay. People <laughs> love being lazy. Um, you believe you have lots of beliefs, right? If I told you I lived in Connecticut, you could believe I live in Connecticut, you're done. But if you wanted to know I lived in Connecticut, you'd have to go do some research, go online, look on Facebook, find my friends. Oh, they're all in the same town. Look, there's this high school. Yeah, now you know. Um, but belief is the enemy of knowing. And the thing is, people believe they live on a spinning ball because they were told by a guy in a lab coat, uh, a teacher that memorized textbooks and got A's, therefore they become the teachers. Right. Textbooks made by the controllers that never want us to challenge their authority. Textbooks that teach us to be good little slaves for the corporate system that they have here. They don't teach us to use our higher minds, connect with nature, connect with source. They tell us 90 percent of our brain is unused. We only use 10 percent. 
That's the goal of the education indoctrination heliocentric system. So mm-hmm. thinking that I'm the crazy one, well, I might be different than the majority of the people, but that's changing very, very quickly. There are well, so you, many you people. Actually, yeah, you did an interview with CNN and basically they asked you about this and you well, actually were the first one to say, what do you think I like this? You think I like people thinking that I'm, I have these you know, idiotic ideas and I want to be put in this position. And I thought that was really interesting that you would come forward you know, with that sort of a well, remark. Since we talked, these this is the people that are on the friend finder near me, which is in my app. There's right. there's within uh you know there was probably fifty people within uh um within uh where how far am I fifty kilometers and now there's uh there's three hundred and seventy five or something like that. Um, right. There's there's so many people um across the plane right now. There's um on the friend finder. There's there's uh, almost 60,000 registered users. So right. thinking that I'm a crazy person, you can't even see the UK. Right. You, the, right. the United States is covered, covered with people that have woken up to um, something that they, every single one of these blue dots has in common is they all thought Flat Earth was stupid. They thought it was a psyop to discredit truthers. They thought it was ridiculous. They thought it was the dumbest thing they've ever heard. Mm. Until they looked, until mm. they actually looked. And when I say look, you can't Google flat earth because the controllers will feed you nonsense. They'll feed mm. you all of the, what we call anti-flat earthers, right? Mm-hmm. They have paid guys out there to ridicule you, to talk down to you, to talk in snarky attitudes, to call themselves a professor when they're really a failed musician, to call themselves science man when they're really straw man Dan. Okay. When, when they, 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 Put the, and then Google pushes them out. You Google flat earth, you don't find any good flat earth information. So mm-hmm. effort, time and effort is what it takes to learn the truth. And once you see it, so another thing that every one of those blue dots has is they will never go back to the ball because the ball is the most ridiculous thing and it's scientifically provable. Last thing, and then I've been an open talk a lot, I'll throw it back to you, is... The favorite thing that Globers say is there's no proof of flat earth. They've seen no proof of flat earth. Well, that's because they haven't looked or they're blind. Um, and there's tons of proof of the globe. Well, the opposite's true. I'm offering three Bitcoins for one globe proof. Mm-hmm. Three Bitcoins, one globe proof. And so far, nobody has even come close to finding anything that proves we live on a spinning ball flying through a space vacuum. I don't even ask mm-hmm. you to prove that it's spinning or that space is a vacuum. Just prove we live on a ball and we don't. But didn't somebody um, just come out and say that he accepted the challenge on flat earth with a hundred thousand dollar reward for a and map? he he proved it and basically was told, no, it wasn't a real map. It was digital. So we're not paying you. Uh, I'm, I'm just bringing it up. Sorry, because I wanted. Yeah, yeah I no, wanted no problem. Your, I wanted your so, perspective on it. Yeah, he goes by. Um, flat out hero, no boasted flat out hero. It's impossible. Really? Yeah. There's some article. There was an article, a couple of articles that it came out and I thought for sure you would have, because that's a substantial amount of money. That's much like yourself. Somebody put out there and say, you can prove or disprove the flat earth theory. I will pay out a hundred thousand dollars. And to this point, it has not 
been paid. I'm out. not asking you to disprove the flat earth theory. I'm yeah. asking you simpler, prove your yeah. globe theory. Because yeah. you know, the, the 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 best argument the globers have is well, the stars move in weird positions. You know, they 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 appear to they appear to counter rotate the opposite direction in the south. Right. When in, the truth is, no matter where you are in the world, all the luminaries in the sky, sun, moon, and stars rise in the east, set in the west. Okay. Mm -hmm. But because you're turned around, you know, you, you watch something spinning, turn around, it's now spinning uh, counterclockwise versus clockwise. So, mm -hmm. and also the optics of the sky um, are no way to prove the shape of the earth. The other thing is um, nobody has proven that any of the lights that we see in the sky, sun, moon, and stars are even physical or their size or their distance. It's all mm -hmm. made up pseudoscience. Um, and, and people just believe it. Well, the guy in a book, you know, Copernicus wrote it, you know, a couple hundred years ago or whatever. Um, well, Copernicus made a telescope that we don't even have lenses that can do what his supposedly did back then. I don't think so. Right. Mm -hmm. Our consumer optics in our, in our cameras, Nikon had came out with the P900 and P1000 camera, um, completely blow the globe earth to pieces. Right on a globe, you should have a physical horizon at a certain distance. Our horizon isn't physical; it's optical. When you mm -hmm. look at something in the distance, it's because mm -hmm. the 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 farthest you can see is where the sky meets the ground. Mm. Where the sky meets the ground. Are we a uh, uh, qu quick question? Are we broadcasting to a lot of audio listeners or just uh, mostly so, video? Oh uh, uh, well, oh yeah. I mean, millions of audio okay. for well, sure. But, okay. Well, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, we do we do have. It goes over 200 different podcast sites. Some are video, so we will okay. be seeing the video. And the majority, definitely audio, like millions live. Well, that doesn't even count archive. So, so I'll just I'll explain it more in detail. Okay. When uh, Imagine yourself outside on a beautiful, clear day. You have some cumulus clouds, and they're all kind of sitting spaced out, and they look like they're sitting on a flat deck. It's because they are on a on a, a deck above you. They're five, 10,000 feet above you, whatever it is. But if you look like, let's say you're on the water, and you look 20, 30 miles into the distance, the clouds that are five or 10,000 feet above you look like they're touching the water. And that's because of perspective, everything kind of just merges into the horizon. So when we look at that distance where the sky meets the water, that's the limit of our vision. But if we could zoom in with a zoom lens, we can open that up and then we can see farther, right? Mm -hmm. And so things don't disappear over the horizon. If you have an empty horizon, Right, the horizon's tight together and you zoom in. As you zoom in, making it bigger, all of a sudden you'll start zooming in and you'll see that there's actually boats there that appeared to disappear over the horizon. And then you take your camera and you zoom out and these boats will appear to disappear from the bottom up. And that's just because of the little waves in the water in the foreground become bigger than the boat and they block the boat until the point where the boat's too small, your eye can't see it. And your programming from Bill Nye, the line guy with the bow tie, tells you that uh, it went well, over a curve. And well, that's or curvature, true. right? Well, like Delta, yeah. that's what they teach you, it's curvature. They, they teach you it's curvature, but if something goes over the curvature, it mm -hmm. disappears behind a physical horizon and zooming in on it doesn't yeah. bring it back. So mm -hmm. if we lived on a ball, which is impossible, things would disappear across a physical horizon, but we don't because we could zoom in and open that horizon up and then we could see farther and we could see things. Now with our, with our infrared optics, we can zoom in and see things that should be many tens of miles below the curvature, but we can see them. They're still there. Mm -hmm. So how is that explainable on, on a ball? Well, 
how about a let, let's talk a little bit about a lunar eclipse sure i'd explain that one remember i'm approaching oh. this from i'm like we're, i'm the student tonight amelia's in the chat room yeah. so if i if i pop up something she's just recovering from from an illness so if i bring up her her comments and questions on the screen you know feel free to comment on comments or yeah no, I'll let no you problem know when it's no a question right so the lunar eclipse yeah, so the lunar eclipse, the one we had the other night, um, it's weird. They tell us that the sunlight's going through our atmosphere. That's why the, the moon turns red. But that would only be at the beginning of the eclipse because when the eclipse is full, the whole Earth is blocking the light, but that's when the moon turns red. And then there's other places on Earth where the moon doesn't turn red, okay? So first thing is, we don't even know what the moon is. Globe Earth, flat Earth, doesn't matter. Um, nobody even knows what the moon is. They tell us it's 238,000 miles away. They tell us that that big crater at the bottom that, that looks like spider web coming out of it um, is 40 miles wide. Well, if you actually do the math, 240,000 miles, you can't see something that's 40 miles wide with your naked eye, but we can. So they're lying about the sizes. They're lying about the distances. Watch during the, every month the moon is in the day sky for about a week. Uh, look at the moon on a blue sky day. The blue sky is behind the moon. The blue sky is behind the moon. The moon's supposed to be a quarter of a million miles away. Okay, mm. uh, when when we look at the when we look at the lunar eclipse, it makes absolutely no sense because there's a sharp edge to what they call the shadow of Earth. Well, I challenge you: take a basketball, go outside on a wall with the sun's low in the sky or on the ground, and try to move the basketball 10, 20 feet away from the surface. There is no more shadow. It spreads out and it fades out. Right. Mm. You can't have an Earth 240,000 miles away from a moon and create a sharp shadow on it like that. It doesn't work like that. And when we do experiments with, um, you know, with with different things, we can kind of recreate what's happening. Uh, there's a hundred different things that could be happening. There is. And again, we don't know. We're not claiming to know, but we're claiming to know that a lunar eclipse is impossible on a flat Earth. Um, and the other thing is a, a um, another thing it's called that there's called a Seleninian eclipse. Have you, have mm -hmm. you heard of that? Uh, solar same or no, 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 no. A Seleninian eclipse okay. is a lunar, okay. e is a lunar eclipse. Now, right. what is a lunar eclipse? A lunar eclipse is when you have, you're on the earth and from your point of view, you're on the top of the earth and you have your sun setting on one side, your moon rising on the other side, or it's rising or setting, whatever. You have the moon and the sun, um, and they're coming into alignment. The eclipse happens when all three bodies are in alignment, right? So we get that shadow onto the moon. You with me? Make sense? Uh, yes, absolutely. But but a Seleninian eclipse, there's more than 50 documented ones where the observer can see the sun above the horizon on his right and the moon above his horizon on the left, and the eclipse starts before one of them goes below his line of view. Well, that doesn't work because the earth isn't in between them yet. To make it worse, uh, so they, the shadows come in from all different ang angles. And the last year, one came in, the shadow came in from the top. Well, if the earth was rising, coming into in, in between, the shadow mm -hmm. should come in on the bottom, but it came in on the top. This absolutely proves that it's not the earth causing the shadow, the darkening of the moon. The mm -hmm. moon does not the moon itself does not um, does not have the characteristics of a ball being lit 
by a single source object, the sun, right? You get a ball, you cast a light on it, that ball's gonna have a hot spot and then it's gonna fade out. But if we look at the moon um, on, on uh, you know, any full moon night, it's lit perfectly, edge to edge. It's casting light on earth. How does a dusty, dirty ball reflect sunlight back to earth so bright that we could read by it, that it casts shadows on the ground? How does a dusty, dirty ball do that? And then this is where people's minds melt down. The inverse square law of light. Oh my God, they never taught me that in science and I'm never gonna be able to learn it now. Absolutely you can, it's the simplest thing. As light expands off of a light source, it's spreading out, has to fill bigger and bigger areas. Therefore it's thinning. It's getting Mm -hmm. less and less, it's getting weaker and weaker. Okay. Every time you double the distance to a light, it's one quarter of the brightness. Or every time you half the distance to a light, it's four times brighter. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you can, you can test this out. This is, this is real science. Well, if the moon is reflecting light back to earth, the inverse square law says that the moon from a hundred miles away would have to, if you were a hundred miles from the moon, it's light would have to be 64 times brighter than we see the sun from earth. Well, that ruins the moon landings because that's not the case. I don't know if you can have something 64 times brighter than the sun. How, how bright is bright? What's the ultimate brightness? All mm-hmm. of this stuff doesn't work. And then when you look at the distances that they tell us, they tell us the sun is how far away? You don't know, right? Mm. No, I didn't know either. 93 yeah, million off miles. The top of my head. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, here's the thing. The people, <laughs> that get my flat- <laughs> the people that say flat earth is stupid, mm-hmm. they don't know their own model. They're defending a model that they were told as a kid with zero proof and they're still defending it, okay? They also don't know what the flat earth is and they have a false idea that it's a disc floating in space, that it was a disc with a spotlight and the spotlight goes under. They have all crazy ideas. None of that's what we think. None of that's what we experience. I think you have passionate people from both sides of of, of the spectrum. Well, Um, agreed. Yeah, sorry. Allison is just wondering where you're from. Connecticut. Connecticut. There we go. Allison. Do you believe it or do you know it? Ah, there we go. Um, Adrian says, how do you explain seasonal changes with the sun being indirect in the winter, but closer and more direct, but further away in the summer? I'll leave that question up for you. Okay. Well, it also depends on, um, on what summer and winter we're talking about. So for those of you listening, I'll try to describe it the best I can. Um, so when we look at the earth, the way let, let's talk about, I'll get to seasons in a second. Um, but first we have to understand what the flat earth is. So the flat earth is not a disc floating in space, right. um, which, which they want you to think the flat earth is more like a pond, right? A pond. What is a pond? A pond is, um, a body of water surrounded by land that's higher than the water. It's a container of the water. The pond is, is the shoreline. The shoreline of the pond is just higher than the water. Well, Antarctica, they tell us, is a continent at the bottom of the ball. They also tell us a little bit, of, which is a lie. They also tell us some truth that it's the highest continent on Earth. It's plateau. It's, you know, ground level is higher than all of the other continents. That's interesting, Right. But if you if we look at how the Earth really is, Antarctica is the shoreline of the world pond. Put all the oceans together, put all the continents and islands floating all out in the middle of the ocean. The shoreline of our world, not the bottom, the shoreline at the same level as sea level Mm. is Antarctica. It's the highest land on Earth. It contains all of our 
water. It contains our world. That's it. Imagine if oh, we're in Kansas and there's a lake. Let's say the lake is, uh, I don't know, 25 miles in circumference. And there's right. islands in the lake and you're on a boat sailing around. Beautiful. And the center of the, of the, of the, of the, of the lake, which is big, 25 miles, that's pretty huge, um, is, a, is a tall mountain. And it's a big, it's a big gigantic magnetic mountain. It's a, God, it's a big magnet, biggest magnet you've ever seen. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so now you have a compass on your boat. That needle's always going to point towards the center of the lake. Now, if you try to dead reckon 90 degrees, well, you're going to sail along and you got to keep turning to the turning to the left to maintain 90 degrees. So wherever you started from, you're going to draw a equidistant circle around that magnetic mountain and you're going to come back right to where you went and you were going 90 degrees east the whole time. You can do the same thing west all the way around and come back. Now, which direction is south? If north is at the center, south is every direction away from the center. So we get in our boat, we put our backs to the mountain, doesn't matter which, which way we're facing, and we start sailing away. Well, we're 12 and a half miles from the shoreline. Uh, we get to the shoreline. We don't fall off the flat earth. We step up onto Kansas. Okay, interesting. So now we start walking and we're walking and we're walking and we're hiking and we're hiking and we're 10, 20 miles away. Can't even see the lake anymore. Not even sure where we are. We're exploring this land. Let's say we're going for days. We're going 100 miles. That lake is, the whole world is behind us, right? That's our whole world. And all of a sudden we come to another lake. Hey, there's another lake here with islands in it. And there's maybe a magnetic island in the middle of that one. And if we had another boat and a compass, we could circumnavigate that flat pond. Okay. So that is just one possibility of what's going on um, beyond the shoreline that we call Antarctica. Right. What if, what if we lived in a pond and then there was other ponds all across the earth plane and these ponds had continents and People they land on the lived on the extra land. People that lived on the extra land outside of our pond. Well, we might consider them an extra land person, an extraterrestrial terra, an extraterrestrial from outer space, from the outer space where we live. Okay, so if you want to talk about extraterrestrials, they make perfect sense here on a flat world, an extended plane. Right. But we're not allowed mm -hmm. to go there. We're not even allowed to explore. We're not allowed to figure out if there's anything out there. There might be nothing. This might be the only pond that there is. Maybe there's some rings around our pond uh, with other ponds. OK, maybe uh, maybe the world is set up like like that. Maybe the world is set up um, with, uh, you know, another another ring around us. Mm. Am I uh, blowing you away a little bit? Always. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for those of you looking, here we are. Here we are in this uh, in this pond, and then there's a ring around us, Antarctica, and then outside of that are more oceans and more continents across the Earth plane. Now, again, it's sort of we're like not Atlantis allowed. Theory. You know, well, Atlantis, that's, uh, exactly Atlantis could just be in our southern oceans. Atlantis could be. Um, because when you wrap a flat map around a sphere, you lose huge swaths of the outer oceans, which are the southern mm -hmm. oceans, the inner mm -hmm. north and the outer south. Now let's get to let's get to the the, the seasons. Seasons right. make zero sense on a on a um, 
these seasons make no sense on a globe, right? So we're told that during our winter, we're tilted, the north is tilted towards the sun. So the sunlight's come in and it's more direct, right? But in our winter, we're tilted away. So that same beam of sunlight has to spread over a bigger area. Well, that's cool. That makes some sense. The problem with that is, and this is where people, they, they weren't taught to think this is a very simple exercise. Here in Connecticut, we have frozen winters and hot summers, okay? In the summer, in the heliocentric model, the sun is three and a half million miles farther away. Now the Globers will go, that doesn't matter. 93 mile, million minus three and a half million is only like 4%. Okay, it's 4% farther away during our summer. However, I can go out on the, down to the beach and when the sun appears on the horizon, I could feel the heat pounding on my face. And within an hour, I can get a sunburn. I can get a, I can get suntan, sunburn. Okay. I can absorb vitamin D. That's with a sun. That is now think about that. The sun is down low. We're tilted 89 degrees. The farthest tilt, the sun is literally skimming across, spreading out the widest area possible, way worse than the, than the, than the small tilt of the earth, the supposed tilt of the earth. I can get a tan. Okay. No problem. But during the winter, when the sun is closer, doesn't matter. Of course, at noon, when the sun is much more direct coming in from a high angle, much tighter, I can look at the sun, can't feel the heat. I can stay there all day and not get a tan. Okay. It makes zero sense. So how do seasons work? on a flat earth, okay? So we have our pond in Kansas. We have our center, which is our North Pole. And then we have three consecutive rings. So first one is the Tropic of Cancer. And then we'll jump all the way out to the outer one is the Tropic of Capricorn. And in halfway in between those is what we call the equator, okay? And if you follow the equator, using your magnetic compass that points towards the center of our pond, and we dead reckon east or west, we're going to go in a circle, equidistant around the center, and we're going to come right back to where we went to, and it's about 24,000 miles. Well, that's what they tell us the circumference of the sphere, the impossible sphere floating in space is. Okay, so how do seasons work? Well, right now we're almost in June, and in June, the sun migrates all the way into the Tropic of Cancer and it makes this tighter circle around the Tropic of Cancer. Well, the Tropic of Cancer is as close as the sun gets to me in Connecticut. Well, June is the height of our summer. The sun is close, therefore it's high in the sky. If you went out in the street that had a whole row of streetlights and you were standing directly under one, pretend that one's your summer sun. And then pretend the one a couple blocks down, that's your winter sun. Well, it's the same height, but it looks much lower in the sky. And if it kept going, it's going to become at your eye level and then you can't even see a mile down the street because those are out of your view, just like the sun goes out of your view every day. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so we're having our summer when the sun is over the Tropic of cancer, it goes right over Miami. That's why it's so hot in Miami, right over Mexico. That's why it's so hot in Mexico. It's winter in Australia, but six months later, the sun migrates out to the Tropic of Capricorn and Australia is in their summer and we're in our winter here in mm. the north because the sun is far away. It's very simple. Mm. It only works on a flat earth. 
in the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app by Blue Water Bay. You can find it at flatearthdave.com. There's a frequently asked questions button. And don't believe anything I say. And don't just believe YouTube videos. However, I'm going to tell you something that will lead you to a YouTube video that somebody made for you, did all the work for you, for you lazy globers. And then you can see it and you can go verify it yourself. But in there, we have... Um, what about seasons? And if you click the what about seasons, up comes a playlist of videos that YouTube won't let you find. You can search these by name and they won't show up. You're going to get other propaganda videos. Why are they hiding it? Why does every video that mentions Flat Earth have a Wikipedia thing underneath it that says Flat Earth is an ancient, uh, you know, proven, scientifically proven wrong, uh, you know, belief? Show me. Show me the science. Flat Earthers love science. We hate pseudoscience. Heliocentrism is pseudoscience. Mm -hmm. um, Adrian, who asked you, the question says, the sun is closer in the winter, but indirect. Well, they tell us it's closer in the winter, but it's lower in the sky because we're tilted away. That works, but it doesn't mm -hmm. make any sense because at noon in the winter, December 21st, here in Connecticut, the sun is about... 55 degrees up in the sky. That's a pretty direct angle versus sunrise in June where it's mm. 89 degrees tilted over. It doesn't get any farther mm -hmm. and I could, and the heat is different, right? So, so that's, that's in, that's more indirect, right? If you believe in the tilt model, it doesn't matter if it's tilted, you know, axial tilt or spin tilt. It's the same thing. It's the angle to the sun, right? In the winter, the sun is more direct from that angle, but as we spin, it becomes less direct. You spin into the sun and then you spin away from the sun. So the sun is direct, indirect throughout the day, every day. Mm -hmm. So it makes absolutely no sense. And again, watch the videos, then you'll understand. Heliocentrism makes no sense. And if you look at the heat maps of the world, um, if the earth is tilted, how come it's hot between the tropics? The tropics are tilted away from the sun. It should, the, the heat map should not go not just be in between the tropics. If the ball is tilted and spinning, the heat map's wrong. It only makes sense on a flat earth. All right, next question. Zach has two. He's asking on behalf of a coworker of his. First question, if earth is moving faster than 100 kilometers per hour in space and spinning at 1,000 miles per hour at the equator, how does NASA capture pictures of our planet? I'll leave it up for you so you can see yeah, it. So so, so the, the, the first question, the first thing is if you um, watch, I used to, I, I, I used to watch a lot of Nova and all this stuff. And they were talking about the deep field pictures, right? So the, the, that they focused the big telescope here on earth um, out at, in a little tiny spot in space and did a, a time-lapse and now they found hundreds of other galaxies, right? And each galaxy has 100 billion stars in it. Just numbers that are absolutely ridiculous. Numbers that our brains can't comprehend. And they talk about how this telescope is on a cement pad that's like 10 feet thick. And it has to be 10 feet thick so there's no vibrations. And, the and, and then remember, the Earth is spinning at 1,000 miles an hour. And they, this thing tracks that spot in the sky with the Earth spinning a thousand miles an hour, and somehow it's able to stay perfectly on a spot deep, deep in the distance. Now think about this: if you ever used a laser and tried to point it at something just a few miles away, the tiniest little movement moves that laser like a mile, 
Okay, we were doing some long distance laser um, testing across a frozen lake. Um, and we needed a machine that didn't tiny, tiny micro adjustments because you couldn't adjust it by hand because you move that a tiny bit and the dot on the far end of the lake moves a half a mile. And then the people that are trying to photograph it can't. So you're talking about greater, greater distances, right? So the, the, the thing that they said in this uh, documentary that the, the operator of the telescope has to wear socks, can't even wear shoes. When he walks around, he has to tiptoe around because it could ruin the whole exposure that takes hours. Well, the Earth is spinning 1,000 miles an hour. Are they forgetting that it's orbiting the sun at 66,000 miles an hour and chasing the sun at a half a million miles per hour? Are they forgetting about that? And then you have to make it worse. You got the Hubble telescope, which is mimicking all of those motions on Earth, and it's moving 17,500 miles an hour just to keep up with the Earth, okay? Mm -hmm. This is all pseudoscience nonsense. I mean, when you yeah. look at when you look at the Hubble telescope, um, it's literally a tin can in space. It's it's really um, a joke. And twenty years they they took a picture of it just recently. It's the same picture that they showed us when they put it up, right? And if you look at it, it, it looks like tin foil wrapped around a, a can of beans and and a little wheels from a Bossa wood airplane, it's nothing. This is not real. And people just believe it. And it's also in the thermosphere, which is like 3,000 degrees. Can you tell me an alloy that doesn't melt at 3,000 degrees? Okay, next question. Um, Amelia, I will come to your question in a moment. I, this is part two of Zach's question. Why does the media say that a meteor is heading in our direction if we are moving at 100 thousand miles per hour through space how do they know which direction we're headed in is there a compassion for space that they don't tell us about which will lead right into amelia's question after this yeah so here's the whole thing the media is completely 100 controlled by the the elite if, if i should call them that the powers that should not be um and it's all just mind control they steer our minds with the news north east west south and they feed us with fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. When they, every, every time, there's, there's a new asteroid every day. Every Christmas, there's a, an asteroid that looks like an elf. And then uh, on Halloween, there's one that looks like a jack-o'-lantern. Every year, they do it every year. Oh, there's one that just missed us. It looks like a jack-o'-lantern too. And, and they, they have a heart-shaped one on Valentine's Day. And they make up all of this stuff all the time. There are no meteors. Well, what about the impacts, the big craters, right? Well, if meteors came into Earth, and, and by the way, you know, every time we they happen to film one from a dashboard cam in northern uh, uh, northern Russia, um, they're always coming in at at very shallow angles. And if something comes at a shallow angle, it doesn't make a circle; it makes a long, dredged out trench. But all of the meteor craters, the one in Arizona, they're perfect circles. What are they? They're methane bubbles. Our Earth bubbles up sometimes from all different types of things. There's plasma events that happen, but these are bubbles and they're still happening. Just look up. Um, uh, well, actually on the app, on the app in uh, the frequently asked question, uh, there is a uh, asteroids and meteors section. If you just go into the frequently asked questions, slow down meteors and asteroids and up comes a bunch of videos that you won't find. Um, these are old geysers, old, uh, you know, methane craters, and they're still happening in Siberia, uh, all over the place. There's new ones popping up all the time. Okay. Next question then. 
Uh, this Amelia's co-hosting from the chat room. Um, she goes, someone sent me a question. Is the government fooling the world and why? So the government is, it depends on, you know, which part of the government there's, there's yeah. stoogers and there's people that are, <laughs> yeah, there's people that, that know, that, that know everything, but the, it's all about control. Here's the thing. You, you know, the movie, the matrix, right? The, the original yes, matrix. So, yes. And so, I have a question about that. That came in for you also. Yeah. So, so, so at the beginning of the matrix, you got Neo and he is, uh, still plugged into the matrix. Something's wrong with the world. He's depressed. He can't figure it out. His soul is trying to tell him something, but his mind can't hear it yet because he's still plugged in to the programming. He believes the world is something that it's not. And then look at Neo at the end of the movie when he unplugs from the matrix, which is the heliocentric system, right? He mm -hmm. unplugs, he takes back his power. So the, this is the whole thing. They want us to believe that we are corkscrewing through infinite space that we are uh, insignificant speck flying through a distant godless or, or, or um, godless universe, a godless or distant god universe, that, we're, that an asteroid could take us out. Boom, asteroids. Asteroids took the dinosaurs out. Guess what? Dinosaurs never existed. Okay? We can get into that if you want. Um, mm -hmm. So it's all a story. It's all a story that to, to separate us from the creator. They don't want us to know that we're at the center of creation. They don't want us to know that our thoughts create our reality. They, they want us to believe that other people can control us. Well, the only control people have over you is in your imagination. Just imagine this. Every person woke up tomorrow and goes, Dave's right. I'm not listening to the government anymore, right? Well, Damn. governments every, every government in the world crumbles instantly, and we don't even know who they are because we don't care. Right, because they're nothing. They're absolutely I have, nothing. I have to. I have to bicker a bit about the dinosaurs, only because I mean, th there's tons of evidence and bones and teeth where DNA is being so, extracted. So, hold on. Let, let's talk about that. <laughs> okay. We'll we'll get into that for a second. So okay. there, there's not tons of bones. There's a bone here and there. They'll find a whale bone at the top of a mountain and they'll say, oh, that was a stegosaurus. There's a lot of bones. Right? There's museums full of bones. <laughs> no, they're not. They're actually made from ground up chicken bones in China. They're all put into molds and the museum will tell you, they'll admit those aren't the real bones. The real bones are too radioactive and too precious to put out uh, for the public to see. So these are just replicas of what they have. No dinosaur head has ever been found. And here's the bottom line. If you look at all the megalithic buildings and history, you know, back to the pyramids and on, um, no one ever mentioned finding a dinosaur, ever, not once. In the 1800s, 1850 something, give or take, some royal guy in England wrote a paper theorizing that dinosaurs existed. Theorizing, first one ever to come up with it. He wrote a paper, published it, and a year later, to the day, he and his team found the first dinosaur, okay? Enough, enough with the garbage, right? No dinosaur head has ever been found. No dinosaur skull. We're supposedly running off of fossil fuels. Dinosaur juice is going into our cars. This is nonsense. This is absolute and complete mockery of the human mind. They want you so dumbed down and so indoctrinated into their system. Use the 10% of your brain that makes you a good accountant, makes you a good manager, makes you a good marketer, makes you a good finance person working in their beast uh, system makes you working in their corporate system. They don't want you being an entrepreneur. They don't want you um, working together and 
and raising children and educating them to the real ways of the world. They want you in their corporate slave system. And the way they do that is the heliocentric matrix. If you're trapped in a prison and you say, hey, I want to be an explorer. And the teacher pulls down the map and goes, Truman, there's nothing else to, to discover. It's all been discovered. Well, you've just shut off 90% of your brain. You've shut off 90% of your imagination. And if you do that, you stop manifesting. You're stuck in mm-hmm. in a in in a, in a cave, mm-hmm. if you will. Okay. So here's another question, just rolling in here. Um, why? Explain why the Coriolis effect changes direction at the equator. Yeah. So the Coriolis effect is. Um, is the is if you look it up, it's a assumed effect. It doesn't. You're watching a video uh, that made by a bunch of scammers at the equator. They draw a line and say this is the equator, and then they get uh, a tank of water and they they pour some water in it and they throw some leaves in there, and you can see it circles one way. Watch the video again. They pour the water in to the left of the drain and everything goes clockwise around the drain. And then the other one, they pour it into the right of the drain and everything goes counterclockwise. It's all how the water goes in the basin. Uh, the idea that toilets and sinks go backwards in Australia, that's not true. I have, a, I have sinks that go opposite directions in my own home and I don't live on the equator. And the Coriolis mm-hmm. effect is a made up effect. Now, when you push a paddle through water or push a, a, um, a fan, you know, a, 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 um, piece of, you know, a cardboard or whatever through the air, it's creating opposite rotating vortices. That's a real effect. That's not the spinning of the earth Coriolis, Coriolis effect. Well, on the, on the flat earth, the sun and the moon travel in between the tropics. And when, when they, when they, when it goes around spinning around, they leave an electromagnetic wake. And that wake will spin things counterclockwise in the south and clockwise in the north. And sometimes storms, though, when a storm is crossing the tropics, if the sun and the moon are on the other side, sometimes it'll cross and spin in the wrong direction. It happens every year. There's storms that spin in the opposite direction. If that happens once, the Coriolis effect is nonsense. Okay, Mm -hmm. it happens all the time, but they barely report on it. They don't want to mention it. They don't want you to know. They don't want you to think. So the whole idea that things spin in opposite directions is ridiculous. And the idea that snipers, because there's one video of a sniper saying, well, he adjusts for Coriolis. It's actually the dumbest thing ever because everywhere you are, every latitude, the calculation for Coriolis would be different. And then every angle of degree off of east or west would be a completely different calculation. There would be, it would, there would be, there's no computer that could figure it out, let alone a guy with a book trying to shoot somebody. Like he's somebody, a sniper has got someone pegged at two miles away. What's he going to do? Get him in the sight and then move the gun to the left and then hope the bullet arcs around because of Coriolis. It, it's, it's nonsense. Next it's question. not sensical. Okay. Next question. Uh, if I get up high enough with a telescope that can see deep space objects, I should be able to see Eiffel Tower or China. Right? So, so well, that's, that's what people want to believe. So if you're in a pool with crystal clear water and the pool's a hundred yards long and you go underwater, you can't see. You can't see the wall on the other side. If you're looking out a window, perfectly clean window, you can barely see the glass. You can't even see the glass. You might walk through it and you know cut yourself. But then you put 10 panes of glass together and now it's a little weird. And then you put 100 panes together 
Now you can't even see through it. Okay. Well, glass, water, air are the same things. They're just at different densities. So when you're looking across the earth, across the thickest part of the atmosphere, it gets denser and denser and denser. Now, here, there's a spot in Illusia, France, in this church parking lot where you can look out over the ocean, and Mount Kanagu is 175 miles away. Well, mm-hmm. the Earth must be curved because we can't see it even on the clearest of day. Okay? Right. Well, you don't see me. You don't see anything. You see the light that's bouncing off of it. Well, the light that's bouncing off of Mount Kanagu isn't strong enough to push through 175 miles of of atmosphere it gets it gets weaker and weaker and weaker and it doesn't make it okay however twice a year with the sun migrating in between the two tropics it lines up with the viewing spot and the mountain and when the sun lines up between you and the mountain all of a sudden as it goes into the distance it starts backlighting the mountain because the sun's light is bright enough to push through 175 miles And when it backlights it, you can see the mountain and the very top of the mountain should be over a half a mile below the curve if the earth was a ball, but it's not. We can see too far. And then when we get infrared that cuts through the glare more, we can see things that should be dozens of miles below the curve. This is not a mirage. This is Mount Kanagu in its entirety. And Mm -hmm. it's the top of the mountain should be over a half a mile below. So that's only 175 miles. You think you could see the Eiffel Tower? Are you kidding me? Its angular size would be a million times the magnitude too small for your eye to resolve if the light could get to your eye. Okay? Mm-hmm. You, and you mm-hmm. can't zoom a camera through opaqueness. The atmosphere becomes opaque, and then that's the end. Um, that's the end of it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what you can't go. You can't zoom any farther through opaqueness. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that answers that. Um, so let's get back into the matrix theory. Uh, um, essentially, what you're saying, this could almost be like like the Truman Show and the Matrix all in one. Yes, because let's face close. it, poor well, Truman so, really got well, worked over. <laughs> right? so think about this. Think about this. So you have um, you have um. Um, a, a pet, a, a dog, a cat, right, whatever, right. A, ma- a lion, whatever. And you put them in a small yard with a fence. They're just going to want to find a way out of that fence, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so now you take them and let's say, let's, let's do it with a wild animal. You have, um, I don't know, a lion, if you will. And mm-hmm. you put them in a park that's um, 500 miles around. And then it has a big fence. Well, that lion's going to be pretty damn happy. One day he's going to come across the fence and go, Huh, a fence. And he's going to turn around and go right back into the park. He's going to be good. But you put a human in there in the center of that park. And one day he mi- migrate. He roams 250 miles from the center. goes, mm. huh, a fence. I'm going on the other side of that. And I don't care what you say. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Because we want to see what where our curiosity wants us to explore. That's our nature. Mm. Okay. Right. So Truman, the, the story was, you know, uh, his mother couldn't have him. The corporation bought him and they built the set. And then everyone's an actor. Everyone's right. an actor except Truman, right? Well, if you started making that set bigger and bigger and bigger, you no longer lead actors anymore. If you made it 5,000 miles wide, you could just put people in it and nobody would know. And then you say, okay, just don't let them find the outside wall. And so how mm-hmm. do you do that? Well, look at the earth. So- 
you can't go to Antarctica. Antarctica, Antarctica is off limits, right? And what, what mm-hmm. do you mean? Lots of people go to Antarctica. You can take a, um, a, a, you can you can pay for a very expensive um, trip to the edge of Antarctica, and they'll show you some some um, you know penguins, some ice. They take you to this little peninsula off the tip of Santiago, right? It's bigger than some countries, but they don't take you to all of the rest of Antarctica. They don't take you to the outer lands, okay? Mm-hmm. The outer lands away from the center, okay? So if we try to go here, we didn't even, I don't even believe that the United States, that the, that this round of civilization, that the 1900 civilization even started figuring out what Antarctica was until the 1940s and fifties. Okay. And when they did, they made it off limits. Um, But if you were the creator, whoever, and you say, okay, I want people here. I want them not to know. I want them to have to figure everything else out. You make Antarctica, it gets colder and colder and darker and darker, and there's no food and there's no animals and there's no nothing. So you make it super hard to get there to maybe where the dome terminates, if there is a dome, right? Okay. And then you say, okay, yeah. well, going up, we're going to make it the air thinner and thinner and, and, and harder and harder and colder and hotter. It just make it so difficult to go up so they they can't we can't go up. And then if we tried to drill down, uh, which we did in Russia – um, the deepest hole we can we can only get to seven and a half miles because it got too hot and too hard. Well, now we're kind of trapped with walls that we can't really see. We can't go to Antarctica because it's just too cold, and we were told that it's the bottom of a ball. So why bother? Because if we made it, we just come out the other side, and we can already get to the other side without going through that cold and dark. So we're here in this prison for our mind. Okay, and this prison is a new thing. It's not 2000 years old, Aristophanes, you know, the, the back in ancient Greece nonsense that uh, that he, uh, you know, he supposedly figured out the shape of the earth with sticks and shadows. Not true. This whole globe thing, all of our history, all of the leaders from the past are um, they're made up. They're fictional, right? Ficti- fictitious. Um, so. This is a new thing. They were teaching flat earth here in their 1900s, into the mid-1900s, right? And then it all changed. And they they said, everything's a globe. And there's all this history that shows us it's a globe. It's not true. It's not true at all. It's mm-hmm. all we've, every culture has known that the earth is, um, is, is, has been a, is a flat plane, right? Okay. Every culture before, every culture before NASA, every religion before NASA, NASA's a religion, um, Talked about a flat and immov- immovable plane. The Bible's well, a flat. A lot of the, the ancients believed that until the Greeks. Well, um, so the, the the story is about the Greeks supposedly figured it out two thousand years ago. So I thought mm-hmm. I talked about this, but I'll I'll, I'll show you. Arist- Aristophanes supposedly figured out with sticks and shadows. So think about this. You, uh, if we're back in the Aristophanes times, they thought that we were geocentric and the sun went around us. Okay, well, the sun, that means the sun should be pretty close to us, right? Versus what we call an infinite sun, which is a distant sun, 93 million miles. The sun's so far away that all the rays come in parallel, although no one's ever seen parallel rays, right? We always see rays coming in at like this, crepuscular, okay? It, 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 they're not coming in, but he assumed there's parallel rays. And so he did his famous um, sticks and shadows experiment. Um, 
so here, let me just get that. Um, where he had, uh, um, he noticed that one day in a well, he could notice he could see the sun shining on the bottom, which meant that the sun is directly above him. And he came up with an experiment. He'll put a stick in the ground and there'll be no shadow. And then his buddy who counted the paces for 500 miles and somehow he's able to communicate with him, he put a stick up and there's a shadow. Then he can measure the length of the shadow, figure out, well, his shadow is a right angle and he can do the whole thing. His no shadow is, is you know, vertical, right angle, Pythagorean's theorem. And he figured out the shape of the earth within one or 2%. Amazing. Carl mm-hmm. Sagan drilled that into our heads in the show Cosmos in the 1980s. And I love that show. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I was really good at astronomy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with that is on a flat earth, it works also. We have a small local sun directly above Aristophanes. His buddy, 500 miles away, puts a stick up, measures the shadow, figures out that that flat surface that we're looking at um, is a sphere. Just put down three uh, beer bottles uh, five feet apart in your house and put a light over the middle one. The middle one has no shadow, and the other two have opposing shadows. You can now do math that'll tell you the sphericity of your flat floor. Okay, so I have a bunch of questions. Um, Okay. Okay. Zach says, this question comes to me. What was the catalyst that started David Downer's journey of proving that the earth is indeed flat? I was sick of people telling me to watch flat earth stuff. It's the dumbest thing ever. I banned them from my social media for life for even suggesting it. And um, then uh, Sophia Smallstorm, a very prominent researcher in the truth industry, said, Dave, I think the deceptions are worse than what we've been discussing. I think the earth might be flat. I'm like, not you too. And she goes, here, watch these. She sent me Mark Sargent's clues, a couple other videos. And I was like, let me watch these videos, but they're not going to prove anything. I went in with a closed mind and I was like, that's interesting. And then I started looking for more. And back in 2014 and 2015 and 2016, uh, YouTube would go, oh, you like that? Here's some Flat Earth videos that just were put up recently. And, and there, there was hundreds of videos going up every day and YouTube fed them all to us. And I was like, wow. And I was like, then I saw all these boats over the horizon videos and I'm like, I'm like, that's amazing, but I need to prove it myself. So I went um, and I, I went and I got a, um, uh, I bought a P900 super zoom camera, a tripod, went down to the beach and I zoomed in on things that I shouldn't be able to see. I sat down at the water's edge. I zoomed in on a beach uh, that, and I could see people sitting at the water's edge. Well, that's impossible. At that distance, they should have been a dozen or more feet below the curve. And I could see a buoy over 10 miles away. There should have been over 66 feet of curvature. So then I thought, mm-hmm. well, maybe the curvature formula is wrong. And I went to the, the globe, uh, the flat earth debunking sites. And they're like, oh, well, you're, it's not 66 feet because you're halfway down the curve on one side and it's halfway down the curve on the other. So it's only 33 feet, which is dumb, but I'll give it to them. I'll handicap you. Go ahead. I don't need 33 feet. I can still see something 10 feet tall. How, how is that possible? Then they come in, oh, refraction. It's not refraction. We can see across Chicago, uh, across um, Great Lakes to Chicago, 50 miles. The tops of those buildings shouldn't be showing. We can see the entire city skyline. Then the weatherman um, who was talking about the picture said, oh, it's a mirage. So a couple of our guys went down there, got on a boat on a clear day, put the camera on the, on that mirage and then took off and went 50 miles across the lake. That mirage should have disappeared at some point. It never did. Buildings always stayed. It wasn't a mirage. It was the actual buildings. That -hmm. means that the earth is either flat or a thousand times bigger than they tell us. Okay. Um, uh, Adrian says, because the camera is not at ground level. 
Sorry, Amelia, I'll get back to you here. No, no, that's absolutely not true. The, the higher you put the camera, the farther you can see because you're angle, you're you're changing your um your angle uh, angle of attack. They tell you like in Dubai, you can watch the sunset, then jump in this building, go to the top, and watch the sunset again. No, that's just that's because the sun is going behind um, the atmospheric deck of opacity. What do I mean by that? I'm going to show you something very visual here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna show I'll, I'll explain it for those of you that are listening. But I highly okay. recommend that you, that you um that you that you find that that you find this video and and do it. So yes, on the cur Earth Curve Calculator, um, and you can just Google Earth Curve Calculator. It's also in the app. Just go to the app and go to the Earth Curve Calculator. You put in the distance and the viewer height. It takes into both. Okay, mm -hmm. and even if you want to do that, oh, it's half and half. Cut cut everything in half. You can still see too far. It doesn't matter. So the way mm -hmm. the way it works is the sun moves along a straight, a, a level path across the earth. So here's my kitchen counter. It's flat. The sun is going across this line. Now, right here, I have an obstacle. It could be a mountain. It could be a city skyline. It could just be um, the atmospheric becoming opaque over distance. But the sun never goes below it. Now, I have a camera on the other end of the counter, on the counter, looking up at this thing going away. Now we'll look at it from that perspective, from a terrestrial perspective and when you mm -hmm. look at this line it no longer looks level it looks like it's going down and the top of this opaque barrier is at eye level and it looks like this is going below it but it's not it's just going away it's just going away look at this line it's going more down than level and mm -hmm. this is this is a level line and this sun is moving away comparing it to a real sunset the sun went away down and look it's going behind something right here this is the atmospheric deck of opacity looks just like this but this is what's really going on okay watch again it's just going along this level line it looks like it's going down just like the sun looks like it's going down right they don't teach us perspective in school hmm. right well Dolly says measuring right. the inside of a small portion does not measure the whole uh, low orbit is still way outside the scope of the earth. Look, I don't know what you're talking about. That's in so, the comment. So right. here are some streetlights going. We know that there are, this is a level road and these streetlights look like they're going down, but they're all level. Well, here's the sun going down. It's just going away. It does the exact same thing. When you take the time, engage your God-given brain and your common sense and replace the nonsense that they gave you, that they feed you, guy in a bow tie, guy in a white lab coat, a teacher with a Rockefeller funded textbook. Okay. When you disregard that nonsense and you think, right, well, I'm not a scientist. I don't have a PhD. Those are the worst. Those are the ones that memorize and regurgitate the best. And then they teach the next generation. Hey, another question, <clears throat> Amelia. Uh, then where is all the lithium coming from for these electric cars? Because those are being like pumped out and pushed out like crazy right now. Well, across the Earth plane, Admiral Byrd flew out over Antarctica. And said there's a con there's a continent bigger than the United States filled with uranium and coal and everything, everything we could possibly need. No human is there. It's filled with minerals. And then they made it off limits during that we put up a treaty in 1959 that's still in effect today. Can't even be questioned until the year 2041, right? Mm -hmm. We're fighting over resources everywhere on the earth, but there's uncharted, untouched land that no country is allowed to go to. No one, it's guarded. 
Okay. You can't get to Antarctica on your own. Mm-hmm. You can't explore out there, right? And and so where is it all coming from? It's coming from the earth. The earth is a flat plane. It's massive. There is no shortage of resources. There's no shortage of water. There's no overpopulation. Every single family in America could have a half an acre in Texas, and Texas would have plenty of empty land. Every single family in the world could have a half an acre in Australia, and half of Australia would be empty. Okay. And that's question. the size that they tell us. Australia is bigger. Then they tell us. All right. Next question. If NASA or Musk offered you a ride into space, would you go? That sure would clarify things, I think. Because that was something else I was going to say. You know, we've got actual citizens now who are going to be having the opportunity. Some of them have already done it to go into space and have a look for themselves. Well, I'm going to show you how that's absolutely not true. And I'm going to give you a, to the listener that said that if Walt Disney and Warner brothers offered to put you in a cartoon with Roadrunner and, and, uh, and Bugs Bunny, would you take the opportunity to see if Roadrunner would kill you? Cause that's an equivalent question of what you just asked me. Well, right. I might've dated myself with Roadrunner. What, what, what I'm telling you is, is one way to prove it, prove it to be true or false is take the ride and see. Nobody has ever gone up in a rocket into outer space ever. And that, that opens up a whole can of worms. We'll go down that road. <laughs> sure but, does. Yeah. So <laughs> let me, let me show you an unedited video from Elon Musk. And remember okay. what I said, if you fake space once. Yeah. I don't know if I said it on this show, that might've been the last show. Um, then you're, <laughs> then, then you're a liar and uh, everything. So this, oops, that's not the one I wanted. Um, this one's pretty mm-hmm. bad in itself, but I'm going to show you a better one. Um, okay. The where did it go? The um, well, this is an interesting rocket. Where is my oh, it's in the rockets. Um, so this is uh, this is Elon Musk. This is a test flight of a rocket that's going to go to Mars. Now, watch this thing edit, 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 and watch the cuts and watch everything's in real time. So, this is a shot of nothing, right? This is an onboard shot. Now, look how slow this is going. This little flame is lifting, lifting this 100 ton rocket into the sky. Okay. Now we have this far shot. Interesting. It looks like it's barely moving. Now, use your mind, use your brain. The smoke that's now look how high it is. The smoke that's coming off of this thing. How fast is this moving? Look at how close we are and at the side angle that we have. It can't be that high. Now it's off and it's falling. It's 40,000 pounds empty and it's free falling. Now look at the smoke. How fast is this moving? Now watch the next edit. Now it's moving even slower. Look at the smoke. Is this 40,000 pounds free falling out of the sky? Now look how high it is all of a sudden. Okay. Right? They're trying to show you the earth curve. Now it's falling again. We're going to have one more shot of how high it is, and then it's going to turn itself upright. Watch this. Look how, look how high it is. Absolute insanity. Okay? And now the engines are going to turn on. It's magically going to upright itself. Magically. Right? Now three of the... And then the cameraman's going to get it right underneath it. There was a nice edit right there. Two of the three engines are going to burn out. Watch. Two of them are out. Now look at the smoke. How fast is this moving? And this one engine off center is going to land this thing upright with a whole bunch of fake smoke right there. And it's going to land upright. And it happens to look like a penis. All right. If I must say so. All right. This is mockery. This is nonsense. So now let's look at um, Elon and um, what he uh, what he did. Okay. So SpaceX, this is hard for people to, to really um, 
absorb. But here is here is um, William Shatner coming out of space. He was just slingshotted into space. Now this is we did look at this thing. It's going down, 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 and watch this impact. Ready? I'll show you a closer one. Okay, watch again. And it's going to watch this impact. There's a 94-year-old man. I think he's 94. How old he is? 90-something. And this thing slams into the ground. Now, there's bushes all over the place, and it never lands on a bush. I always found that very, very interesting. Um, here, Here's a better one. Um, and let me ask you a question. You ever go to a carnival or to a sporting event or outdoor sporting event or anything? Probably. What do they always have there? You always have EMS there. I used to run a, a school for carnival and we had to have a town EMS there in case somebody got hurt. Makes sense, right? Where's the EMS? There's just Jeff Bezos, a couple of wives, a couple of unknown cameramen, not a single medical worker to check this guy that was just cam- that was just slingshotted into space. Now, even Neil deGrasse Tyson says they never didn't really go to space. They just went to the edge of space and then they had four and a half minutes of weightlessness, four and a half minutes of weightlessness. Right. Let's watch that impact again. Right here. He's coming down in this thing, right? It's going, look how it's going kind of sideways. And now here's the inside coming down. Look at that. Did you see that slam? Nobody is on this thing. This is a this is a trick, right? And now let's look at them in space. Now you got cameras all over this thing. Well, if they're floating for four and a half minutes, I want to see the uninterrupted footage, but you can't because this is all they show you. They show them playing with the little floating things here. Now there's two things that could be happening. Some of this could be in a zero G plane, and some of it could just be they're all hanging from wires. But here's Shatner over here. He's not even floating because he's he just. That's a whole nother thing. But this is all, all edit, edit, look, edit, edit, edit. People are in different positions. This is a whole series of shots. I believe this is done on what's called the zero G plane. Okay. Well, Dolly says that her father worked for NASA. She has personally seen rockets, and I know Dolly. <laughs> and she's yeah, personally okay. seen rockets lift off into space, and the men who went return weeks and months later, and they actually do return from the sky and she's recommending that maybe you should go and watch a takeoff or a landing we, in person. We, we have, but you can't get closer than 10 miles. You're 10 right. miles from right. from it. And they're launching balloons. Okay. They're launching literally launching balloons. Okay. So, um, so here is um, if you look at the space, let's look at the space shuttle. Okay. So, this is 4 million pounds, okay? 4 million pounds. And this thing is blowing around in the wind. Can you see it flowing around? You know why it's blowing around? Because this is literally a bouncy house with a firework on the bottom. You don't get to see this thing take off. When you do, it turns on its back and it flies out over the, the Bermuda Triangle and it disappears. And within a minute, you're watching a cartoon. Okay. Well, Dolly so has actually seen them take off and go into space yes, in person. You can't. Well, no, no, she hasn't. She's seen them take off and go out of her vision and then listen to the rest of the story. So here it is. Four million pounds, right? This fence here should be tied in knots. Now, these people are not right there. These people are so far away that the, that the rocket ship is tiny and it's also behind a tree line. 
Okay. And so they make it look like they're right there, but they're 10 miles away. So you don't know what they're launching. You weren't there. You didn't touch it. You may have seen the tank come through town. Yeah, that was a metal tank, but that's uh, not what no, they put. Dolly, Dolly's actually grew up around astronauts. She says, you want a closer right. look? Send her your email and she'll fix you up. And she could fix you up. Trust me. Yeah. She In, could info, at, info at the flat earth podcast.com. But I'll hook you watch up, this. Dolly. Yeah, watch this. But even this. buildings sway, according to Amelia. Yeah, well, there's true. a lot of they do a lot of um, yeah. a lot of tricks, a lot of sound. But this thing, if you if you Google space shuttle launch, you'll you'll get this video. And there's a problem. First, we have the whenever you see a smoke trail, that's because they're launching something, whether it's a balloon or whatever. Right. right? There's no people on here, but this is right. going up. Now we're watching this thing and we're listening to the announcer, and this thing is. 30 miles downstream before the solid rocket boosters come off. It's mm -hmm. going, it's been, it, it's going thousands of miles an hour. Right. And then the, 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 the bolts explode and the rockets go off. Right. You can still tell it's in the atmosphere. Look at the, look at here. And when it does, this thing has to be so aerodynamic, but these rockets fly sideways. They would be ripped right off. Right. And when, when that, I'm going to repeat when that, when it disconnects, you hear it the same time that you see it. That doesn't work. If it was only 20 miles down downstream, you wouldn't hear it for 90 seconds after you saw it, right? Because sound mm -hmm. travels much slower than light, right? Now, these things are going sideways. They're still firing out thrust. How come they're just floating? This doesn't work like that. If you look at, um, if you look at uh, the... The SR-71, which is like a razor blade, that thing could go Mach 3.2, okay? Mach 3.2, right? You with me? I am. <laughs> and the space shuttle can go Mach 25. That, that hunk of junk, it, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And, and the people that work at NASA there it's you are um it's so compartmentalized that the one person doesn't know what the next person is doing and most people work in nasa they have no idea that it's fake they have no idea they're they're the ones that are the most fooled of all so do you think with all this i mean you have so many people you know, they look at this, your discussion of this, like I say, you have passionate people on both sides who, who look at, you guys look at one another as this is a pseudoscience. You guys are the ones that don't know what's going on. Do you think from the, the point of view of being a flat earther, um, is it mostly about distrust? You just not trust anybody's research? Well, it, no, that's not at all. We verify. Like, show me the research. Yeah. Like, she's saying that she saw something take off. How close were you? What did you see take off? Where? How far did you see it? Did you ever see it enter space? Did you ever see a video um, from takeoff to connection with the International Space Station? How can you explain why they're using wires and green screens to fake gravity on the space station? And look at my latest video on DITRH, um, how that uh, how you can't how the, the about the bathroom. The bathroom proves that they're not in space. It's absolutely impossible. It's absolutely uh, impossible. And here, here's the other thing. People have seen the actual building of the technology. Absolutely. They build stuff. They build satellites. They build all of the stuff. It's just not going into space. The satellites that are built are put up on balloons. 
They're all put up on balloons. NASA controls the entire world. Helium. Um, all of all the helium companies are owned by NASA. All of the the Challenger astronauts, the six of the seven we found, well, are still alive. Well, that was the next question from Zach. Yeah. What is your explanation for the Challenger and Columbia shuttle explosions? Six of the seven we have found them and they say the same name, same birth date. And they say, oh, that's my identical twin. They're, so six of the seven have identical twins. They have the same name. They all work for universities, I think. Um, and none of them showed up at their siblings' funerals. There's a problem here. And, and people are just, you know, such NASA fanboys uh, because their uncle, their cousin, their mother worked there, um, their grandmother, um, it has to be real. That's the whole thing. NASA, it was a jobs program. NASA, when they built the Saturn V, they, they bid it out to tens of thousands of different companies had built different parts. That way, everyone could say, my grandmother, my grandfather worked on the Saturn V, okay? Mm -hmm. But they built something, they sent it to NASA, and it didn't go into space because nothing goes into space because space doesn't exist. These people are still alive, right? Judith Resnick over here, she works in Yale University as a law professor, and we have a, a video of her giving a speech, and she's very big with her hands and expressions and her hair. And, and then Judith Resnick, the, the astronaut, did a speech before she went up on the shuttle, and same hand gestures, same dimples, same teeth, same eyes, same hair, same voice, same inflection, same everything, okay? It's not, it's not, it's not a coincidence. This is, they're deceiving us and it's all to keep us plugged into the matrix. Okay. So let's talk more about the matrix. So, I mean, you're looking, you know, into space, you know, you can get a telescope, you can look into, there are other planets up there. They're, they're around. Have the moon is round, despite what the moon is. The, I mean, it's the there. Moon, the moon, the moon is round or spherical? Spherical. How do you know? Well, I, I'll, I okay. All I could say, as as the student here right now, is I look into the sky on a full moon. I see some big ass, crazy round sphere sitting there. I got, I got I got four spheres here. How big are they? Well, I don't have the measurements to the moon. You tell me. Well, no, is, is that your the moon? presentation? Huh? No, no. But what <laughs> what I'm saying is. I could tell you that they're um, they're ba they're size of a baseball and they're five feet away. Or I could tell you they're the size of a yoga ball and they're twenty five feet away. Okay, you don't know unless you know the distance. Now let me ask you a question: Is this one a sphere? I'm trying to see. Okay, there we go. Well, it's not. It's a uh, it's okay. half a sphere, so it's hard. Is this one a sphere? Okay. Is that one a sphere? They all look like spheres from here. Very good. Well, guess what? This one's not a sphere either. It's flat. Look, right. ready? Yeah. It's flat. How about this right. one? Is this one a sphere? Mm -hmm. What do from you think? Where I'm sitting, from where I'm sitting, yeah, because I'm it's only seeing one side. Yeah, no, you're seeing a cup. So what I'm telling you is you can't tell me what what the the shape other than the flat appearance we see. of it is. Right. Yeah, that we see. So you can't say that it's a sphere because the optics of the sky um, you know, the optics of things that you can't touch are not, um, are, are, are difficult, are difficult to say. So here is, here is a bridge. It's flat. And as we get down lower, we get this miraging. 
right? And the, look at the, the railing wraps around. Well, this is the Glober's favorite one. This is Lake Pontchartrain Bridge. And they say this is the curve of the earth. That's ridiculous. The earth would be like 10 miles around, okay? Maybe 100 miles. Um, this is just optics. This is not a, a horizon. This is just optics. And we're getting a mirage, uh, a reflection of the sky. If there was just sky there, that would look like the edge of the earth. But it's mm -hmm. not. So okay, I have to make... I'm going to hold that thought. I have to make a quick yep. station and sponsor ID. Uh, so, um, again, for those just tuning in, you're listening to The Outer Realm with myself, Michelle DeRoche, and Amelia Pisano, who is in the chat room tonight. Our special guest is David Weiss. We are talking Flat Earth. Um, so, spinning off of his last segment with us. Uh, we are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee. So thank you, Folgers. We love you and appreciate you so much. Also, our sponsor, uh, Justin Snicker, a.k.a. Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon. Uh, we appreciate your sponsorship of our intro and outro as well. So if you're just tuning in, again, we are talking about the flat earth and David Weiss. Love him or hate him. He's passionate. And uh, he's definitely... Um, got an answer for everything so far i don't know. i don't have an answer for everything i have i have you know um when we're done we're going to find that certain things fit into the only works on a flat earth and certain things work on both but nothing only works on a globe earth there's a problem there's a problem okay, there so this is Nas this is nasa um the famous picture of jupiter uh, in 2014 and 2016, they said, oh, we got a picture of the northern lights, which proved that there's a magnetic core at the center of Jupiter. Cool story. But why are all the clouds exactly the same? This is just darker. Every single cloud. It's the same image. They're lazy. Mm -hmm. They're lazy. Right. This, this should change by the hour or by the day. But it's the exact same thing over two years later. Well, Dolly says pictures are one dimensional, two dimensional at best. Uh, you're actually three-dimensional. So you can see that your head is actually round because you're three-dimensional, right? Because you're here and, and you can measure it, but you don't know you don't know um, the optics of, of things. Okay. And if you can't touch it, like... Go ahead. I'm no, I was going to say, talk. Uh, going back to um, Flat Earth, um, Adrian says, I want to know what's on the flip side of Flat Earth. And Amelia's like, yes, what's holding it up? <laughs> so good questions. It just suspends. It just sits there. Like what's under I, it? That, I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what it is. It's right. uh, it's created. You know, I, I don't know. And you know, what's at the end of your infinite space? Okay. That's a tougher question than what's under the flat earth. Um, right. I don't know. They say it's God's footstool. I don't know. Right. Right. Okay. So next, um, all right, yeah. So next, Amelia says maybe Jupiter just doesn't change. Um, that is not true because, it, because well, maybe it doesn't. But according to NASA, um, it does because right. if we look, if we look at um, Jupiter, where is it? Jupiter, where is it? Oh, yeah. So this is a, a video from NASA. Whoops. This is a video from NASA um, as a probe went towards Jupiter. Right. And if you look, the storm, this red eye storm is spinning. All the clouds are going. They're going in different directions. So this is just over a period of a couple of days. OK. 
and then that picture two and a half years apart, that shows you NASA's lying. Unwind it. All of space is a lie. If all of space is a lie, nobody went to space, right? The International Space Station is impossible to see at the height that it is. If you look at a 747 flying at cruising altitude, it's so small you can barely see it. Double the height, you can't see it. The International mm-hmm. Space Station is about the same size, but 50 times farther. And then people um, will argue that they can see satellites, which are even farther and smaller. <coughs> but Jupiter it's does scientific. move. She said a still picture does not prove you right on that. This is not a still picture. This is a <coughs> series of pictures mm-hmm. of Jupiter spinning. This is fake. People can, cl- here's the problem. And, and, and this isn't against women or anything. Women. No, have that a harder- would be good. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not like that at all. But women okay. try to build, try to build a safe, a safe world for their family. They're like, you know, they, and you create your belief system and everything. And when somebody like me comes and says, Hey, your whole life is a lie. And until you accept it, you know, you're going to be living in the matrix. They're going to fight to cling on to it because guess what? I love space. I love astronauts i love science fiction star wars the universe is such a big place spent time in space (laughs) so so wait who has who has uh dolly has spent time in space she's gone to space uh yes and i'm gonna connect you i'm gonna connect you guys up yeah what what uh, mission did you have she's in there right now what shuttle did she go up on uh oh she didn't go up on a shuttle I'm going to oh, let she, you guys, she's come, she's been on the show. She's going to be on the show so, again so in a few she, weeks, but I'm going to connect the two of you. To other, other worlds. Let, let me ask you the <laughs> idea of going, like there's people that have been to other planets. I'm not denying that. Right. But if you look at my pond theory, if you go up in some sort of aircraft high enough, the earth is going to look like a sphere as you get farther and farther away from it. Cause it's just a circle, right? You're only going to see the circle of light. And then you're going to fly to the next pond. It's going to look like you're going to another planet. But a flat earther, knowing what this place could be, they'll see it. The other person will think they're in infinite space. Here, let's talk about this. If you've been to another planet, do you know how far these planets are? You know how far uh, another star is? The closest star is 25 trillion miles away. 25 trillion miles, four and a half light years. Okay? twenty, And all the other ones are magnitudes farther. Do you know how big a trillion is? Do you know how long one trillion seconds is? Take a guess. How long is one trillion seconds? I don't want to take a guess. It would hurt my head. <laughs> just you don't want to take a guess? No, I'm going to let you just come out and tell me. <laughs> come on, if you guess it within a year, I'll give you a bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. So that tells me right there that I will not be able to. <laughs> it's thirty-one thousand years. Okay. Wow. So if you're traveling at a mile per second, which no human has ever done, it would take you 31,000 years to get 125th of the way to the closest star. You'd have to Mm -hmm. do that 31,000 years, 24 more times to get there. And you Mm -hmm. believe that that we could see a light that far? It's scientifically Mm -hmm. provable that we can't. The lights in the sky, Polaris, if it was a light week away, a light week, the distance light travels in a week, at the size that they tell us it would be impossible to see, but they tell us it's 433 light years away and we can still see it. Mm. Right. 
So um, another question, <clears throat> where do extraterrestrials fit in the flat earth discussion? Well, you're not listening to the beginning of the show. No, he came in late. Okay. So extraterrestrials come from the extra terra, extra land, territory, extra land. So if this is Antarctica, the land that surrounds us, what's out here? Well, maybe the world is set up like, like this. Oops, sorry. Do you think maybe that they could come in through portals or vortexes? No, I don't, I don't, I don't, that could be a thing, but it's not necessary. If we live here, they're just a couple thousand miles away, extra terra in the outer space here on the earth plane. They probably speak English. There's a book uh, in the book section on the app called The Iron Republic. And I highly encourage anyone to read that. It's about a, a politician that got tired of what was going on here in the late 1800s. And he got a ship and went to Antarctica and they found an opening and he ended up lost at sea for a month and then they found some land and they were following the land around. They saw a city and they're like, yay. And then a boat came out and meet them and they spoke English and they're like, we're from the United States. Where are we? They're like, this is the iron Republic. And he's like, where's the iron Republic? He goes, well, we're on the other side of Antarctica about the same distance. The United States is. And he's like, he didn't understand. And he went there. He ended up living there for a couple of years, actually got married, met a woman there, got married. She ended up dying whatever, I forget how it happened. And then he ended up just like leaving and he found his way back to America and he published a series of articles in Florida magazine called The Iron Republic. And it's mm -hmm. very, very convincing. It rings true to me, but even if it wasn't true in the late 1800s, they're talking about more land on the other side of Antarctica. What does that mean? Okay, mm -hmm. right? This is, and there's a whole bunch of, of books about this, right? Um, uh, you know, the smoky God, they're all in the app under, under, um, under the, in the book section. And once you understand that this is scientifically possible, this is scientifically probable outer space mm -hmm. is scientifically impossible and just impossible. Absolutely. A hundred percent impossible. And, mm -hmm. um, if, uh, if he, if he wasn't here earlier, just going back to a map that I really like is. Um, what I call puddle theory, and it's this guy. Whoops, that's not it. Where'd it go? Here it is. Puddle theory. We live here in the center of this pond, and there's other ponds across the plain. These are other worlds. And now, if you were to let's say we can travel from one to the other in some exotic, uh, you know, um, secret propulsion program which some people like to call the secret space program and you can fly from one to the other. Well, this is going to look like a ball and this is going to look like a ball until you get there. Then you come in and everything looks like a ball in a distance. I can but have, have a you square done that? Light. Have you, have you flown over this and is this what you've seen? No, I'm saying this is a possibility. We just want the right to go explore the outer lands of Antarctica to see mm -hmm. what's out there, but they won't let anybody do it. That's every true. country in the world, every no country one's in the world, really near Antarctica. All the countries in the world are fighting over everything except two things. One, 1959, the Antarctic Treaty comes in and everyone agrees nobody can go there except for a little guided tour group uh, to the little tiny peninsula. And you can't question the treaty until 2041. Lasted longer than any other treaty. There's resources there. There's lithium. There's battery stuff. There's fuel. There's everything that we could possibly need in this ridiculous world that we live in. And everyone, all the countries relentlessly agree and they guard it there's islands all the way around 
our um, our world, uh, you know, from the Falkland Islands all the way around that are have military bases and ships. And if you try to go there, you're immediately stopped and turned around. Um, a so couple then, of what? What do you what do you say about remote viewers who can actually tap in and go above the planet and see exactly what it looks like? Remote well, viewers have been proven in other fields. And, you know, looking for missing persons, finding missing children, murdered children. These are remote viewers who are trained and validated several times over and who also have the capability of coming up and, and viewing what is actually out there. What's your thoughts on that? So if I took a um, myself and a globe believer, and let's say we had um, some sort of vehicle that can get up to, I don't know, 300,000 feet or so, assuming you get up that high. Um, and we took off off of the earth. I would see mm -hmm. our pond and the, you know, the lit part of our pond um, getting smaller and smaller. And then you guys would see it as the other person would see it as a, um, it would, to them, it would look like a half lit sphere because because you, you're, you're looking at it, you're going to see the curved light and you're going to think it's a sphere, right? And then you're going to look into the distance. Remember that other map I just showed? And you're going to see other lights. They look like stars. They're tiny little lights. And as you get closer to them, those lights are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're going to think you got to another planet. And I'm going to go, no, we just flew across the flat plane. Airplanes fly straight and level across a flat plane. Sea level, not sea curve. Water lays flat. You can't have high pressure next to low, no pressure. Space vacuum. You can't have a rocket that pushes off of nothing, right? None of that makes sense. I believe that the connections, the railway they get between these ponds are tunnels, right? There's tunnels all over this world from the previous civilization that was here. Um, and there was a reset that happened sometime in the 1800s. Uh, that we came out of, and then we came out of it. There's people that took over this realm and put us in the matrix um, with their satanic system. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't, I don't argue the the whole theories with the one percenter. That's that's so, for sure. So, wait, so, so the other thing is, I um, you know, you get information and then you translate it uh, based on your belief. Like if you didn't know if the earth was a, a ball, if you, if you weren't told the earth was a ball and somebody told you the earth was a ball, do you go, you're crazy. It's flat. It's clearly not moving, but you've been trained your whole life. Everyone believes it's groupthink. It's, 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 you know, follow the herd. And that's what you believe. And then that's how you interpret the world. If I had a square light and you were looking at it from a half a mile away, you'd tell me it was a sphere. Okay. A flat square looks like a sphere from a half a mile away. Okay. Everything it's, it's the way our eyes work. Right. And so mm -hmm. if, if you think the earth is a globe, you're going to see a globe until someone goes, no, no, look, you're not looking at it. Right. And then you go, Oh, but that's what you were trained to see. That's what you were, you, you were taught to think. And that's how you see the world. Um, Okay, hold on. I'm just I'm just trying to keep up with all the comments and stuff. Sorry. Um, do you make or fix any mechanical components? Are you an expert? I don't know what they're talking about there. I'm just putting them up. Um, yeah. Hold on. It's just another. I'm very point. handy. I make all sorts of things. I have a. Um, <laughs> I have some stuff that will blow would blow your mind. I have a Tesla coil that is uh, truly amazing. It pulls energy out of the ether but nobody even knows about stuff like this. Yeah. 
Okay. So again, I'm just, I'm just moving, moving along here. So again, it's still, um, hold on. What am I looking at? What am I missing? It was a special metal tape. It's extremely proven adhesive. Okay. I think I'm lost. <laughs> um, I find that, um, again, getting back to my question about remote viewing, mm. there are some very gifted people. I know because I've worked with many of them who can just on a whim, just hear a name, find a coordinate, go out and find things that. Let me that ask you a question. Amazing. Why do you have a, a, a longitude latitude two vector system for a three dimensional earth? Where's the Z axis or is that latitude and longitude describing a flat earth? Okay, the, these, the, the remote viewers work perfectly on a flat earth. It makes perfect sense. The only discrepancy that they will have is their misunderstanding that if they went to another world, it's right here across the flat plane. They're just thinking, well, I, I'm seeing it. You know, they see it differently. They, they see it completely differently. It's the same thing. Why? You know, the, the question, it's just like the person before, where did all the lithium come from? What difference does it make if the Earth was a globe or flat? The Earth has lithium in it. Mm. Okay. I'm uh, just coming up. Um, okay. So I'm just watching other things come in. You'll have to excuse me. Popular guy, right. Dave. <laughs> no, I, I get guy. it. I, I get it. Here's the thing. For, for the people that are really fighting hard, and, and I'm used to this, um, mm -hmm. ask yourself, forget What's your best globe proof? And the, the thing is, you don't have any other than, you know, Disney and NASA show you pictures of planets. Um, but in reality, when you look up, you're seeing lights in the sky that, that are impossible. You know, you look, I look at Jupiter in the sky. It's brighter than any star on some nights. Well, how's that dusty, dirty, um, dusty, dirty, gassy ball reflecting a distant sun back to the Earth, ignoring the inverse square law of light? And being so bright, it makes absolutely no sense unless that light that we're seeing is um, is something else, something uh, energetic, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, this is the star Sirius. Does that look like a burning ball quadrillions of miles away, right? Mm -hmm. my, my favorite one is Capella. You can see it with your naked eye. This is Capella, okay? This is here within our Earth system. Find Capella in the sky. Look at it. This is what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. Okay, get a super zoom camera, binoculars, telescope, zoom in. This is what you'll see. This is sentient, right? I believe that we're in this living system that the layers of heavens above us and the densities below us, it's all alive. And we're part of this living system. And the positions of the luminaries, where you are, when you are, when you were born, all of that matter. All of the wandering stars, which are now called planets in this satanic system, um, are named after gods. Okay, they're lying to us about everything. Oh, I don't doubt that we're being lied to. <laughs> right, and and I showed you, I showed you NASA faking things. Once you once you see that, you have to let let it go. You have to let NASA go. Right, mm -hmm. I can show you stuff on the space station that they're 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 not there. They're faking it. I show you one time they're hanging from wires, then it's over. I'll show you to you ten times. You want to see green screen? I'll show you where the green screen reveals itself. I'll show you them on harnesses. I'll show you their bathroom. Go, everyone. I'm not even going to show you NASA stuff. Today, when we're done, go to my YouTube channel. It's kind of, I don't know why it's blocked here. D-I-T-R-H. D-I-T-R-H. 
deep inside the rabbit hole right there. D-I-T-R-H. And go to my latest video. Oh, it's one or two videos back. Um, the It says, I have to go to the bathroom. Um, watch that video with a thinking mind. It's short. It's five minutes, less than five minutes. Um, and then you'll understand that that makes absolutely no sense. Read the pinned comment too. Okay. And then once you let go, once your ego goes, okay, I've been lied to, then the whole world opens up to you. The whole well, world it's, opens it's, up But to you can still believe that you've been, that, that we're being lied to. I mean, that's, that is evident with, like I said, with the powers that be, that's all over the place. You, you are in good company with a majority of people who are I, on board with, yeah, got, we are but, being lied to by the powers that be. However, okay, in all fairness, you know, there's still a lot of questions that cannot be inequivocally answered when it comes and, to your perspective and from what you're oh, saying. There's, there's a the lot that can't be answered. Well. So, mm -hmm. so here's the thing. I, I mean, nobody's, you that being, we, nobody's hold, arguing hold that we're being lied to. <laughs> I, I could show sure. you that we can, I showed you that we can see too far. You can go verify that yourself. Yeah. I showed you the physics of water, that water lays level. Large bodies of water rest lay level, and there is no curvature. I could show you laser experiments. They're all in the app. Um, mm -hmm. showing uh, uh, lasers, microwaves, sonar, um, gunner, you know, testimony from, from uh, Navy people that say, you know, they can, with their rail gun, they can hit another ship a hundred miles away. They can pinpoint another ship a hundred miles away with a pencil thin laser beam. Well, there'd be 6,000 feet of curvature in between them. That's impossible. Mm -hmm. A submarine in the bottom of the ocean can see another submarine a hundred miles away. Well, that sonar would have to climb over a mountain over a mile high, go down, hit the submarine and come back bouncing over a mountain, that doesn't happen. These mm. things only work on a flat earth, only mm. on a flat earth. So the, so the question is, I, I showed you, I can show you these things again and again and again. Where is your proof of the globe, right? In the app, if you go to, to um, the, where is it? The, um, but there are a lot of people who, 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 much like yourself, are passionate about the information that they have with respect to the globe. Well, like this they're passionate. Point, you know? I was passionate too, but that, but here's the thing. Where's your proof? There's a video here. Rockets are balloons. NASA people go watch those videos. And then you'll understand the, how big the lie is and how they lied to you. Watch mm -hmm. these videos and you'll see mm -hmm. that uh, they dropped the, the capsule that had the astronauts in it. Um, they dropped it out of an airplane. I don't think the astronauts were actually in there, but they could have been, but they drop it out of an airplane. Okay. Mm -hmm. it's a, it, mm -hmm. and, and then they're like, Oh, it's back here on earth. And, and, and all of it is nonsense. Watch that here. Mm -hmm. It's the fourth row down full length movies. Watch those movies. Mm -hmm. I, you can't get through three of them and end up be, and, and still believe in the globe. Uh, or if you did, you didn't pay attention. Okay, um, next. No, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Okay, no, no, next go ahead. question. If the world is flat, how thick or thin is it? Paper thin or a column 20 miles high? And like making reference, what are, what are the measurements do you think? So I don't think that the equator is as big as they tell us. Um, okay. And the deepest hole ever dug, as I said before, is less than eight miles, okay? Deepest hole is less than eight miles. Um, where is my friggin' hole? Um, <laughs> oh, there it is. Here it is. So it's called the Great the the Colaboro Hole or whatever. So um, this is actually what I wanted. 
So this is this is the the actual cap drill bit, but they they drilled down. It's here um, up in Russia, and they went down for eight miles. Okay, so this is wait, where am I? That's the there we go. Sorry about that. Um, So they went down eight miles and they used ground penetrating radar, which will tell them what they're going to hit next. Hey, there's no more water. There's water. Um, they were wrong. You know, every time they did it, they were wrong. Like, all right, there's no more water They hit water. Right? There's no more rocks. They hit rocks. Right. And then they kept going and then it got too hot and too hard. And they tried for years and they could not get any deeper than seven and a half, just short of eight miles. Okay. So let's put that into uh, equivalent. So if you, if we're drilling through the skin of an apple, okay. If we're drilling through the skin of an apple, they got halfway, not even halfway through the skin, and they were wrong every step of the way, okay? That's just going through the skin of an apple, and then somehow they know what that's a core 4,000 miles farther. They showed us a bunch of memes in books of, um, you know, the core of the earth, the molten magnetic core. You can't have a molten magnetic core. Every magnet... Um, when you heat it up before it melts, it hits the Curie point, and that's where it loses its magnetism. But somehow, mm-hmm. somehow um, we have a molten magnetic core, and somehow they know that when they couldn't guess what was in the skin of the apple. I'm sorry, you're believing stories. Okay. Oh, where'd you go? <laughs> oh, I'm going again. Hold on, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Here I am. Okay. <laughs> right. These are all different pictures all right. of Earth from NASA. These are paintings. Okay. They're paintings. Okay. Let me ask you a question. So, what What would be easier? What would be easier to paint? Um, oh, there I go again. I like the wine. <laughs> yeah. Well, what would be easier to paint? Hmm. The wine or the the ball earth? What what would be easier to paint? I don't know. I think it depends on the artist. Well, that, that's sort of a loaded question. <laughs> you asked. <laughs> why why is that? Why am I? I still understand why I'm in front of that. Oh, that's yeah. Why. I don't know. <laughs> I got it. Um, you're gone. You're back. You go. You're gone. Here I am. You're back. So so this is a painting. Right. This is a painting. If you zoomed yeah. in on it, it's uh it's so detailed you couldn't tell us a painting this is a painting too this is a mm-hmm. cartoon okay and so people go well they couldn't fake it yeah they're faking it they're absolutely faking it right this is this is unbelievable how much they're faking it right well this is the one that was on everyone's Mara, iphone is an artist she says they were yeah. actually not very hard to paint either way <laughs> Well, th- there you go. That's my point. Well, if you can, the, the, the wine glass one is pretty impressive. I mean, it's got <laughs> yeah, easy for her. No. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It depends. It depends on the artist. I, I think at the end of the day, you know, you've got two sides of a coin and you're both, both sides are very passionate about each is each other's perspectives. And, you know, you, you, your people let me ask you a question you guys are all conspiracies they're saying you're all conspiracies it's really hard because there's no there's nothing definitive to say uh, for sure so hang on hang on there absolutely is definitive things to say it's the globe people that don't take the time to look 
What's mm. give me one proof of the globe, one proof of the globe. And your answer could, is going to be, I'm not a scientist. I don't know. I'm not a professional. You just believe but the there are the scientists who tell who? you name one. Do you name have one any scientists that have worked? Do, do you have any scientists yes. that have, you know, worked with your, with the flat we earth have, theory? We have NASA whistleblowers. We have, uh, we have engineers. We have, um, you know, what, what's the definition of a scientist? Is a scientist somebody that's funded by, you know, by the government with grants? Well, they're mm -hmm. not going to speak out because they lose their grants. Right. That's they're not allowed tell you that about the Vatican too. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so again, look, look at all this. Here's the thing. Yeah. Globers say some scientists somewhere figured it out. Well, that's not good. That's, that's a belief. That's a religion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Michio yeah. Kaku himself says that uh, cosmology is off by 10 to the power of 120. That's 10 with 120 zeros. A trillion mm -hmm. is in 12 zeros, 110 times more than a trillion. 10 times more mm -hmm. than a trillion. Okay. That's, that's how far off they are. You know, theoretical physics has never predicted anything accurately. Mm -hmm. It's all right. made up pseudoscience. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I'm being the devil's advocate here because I, I again, so before we there's end, two sides to every story, then there's a truth there, in the there, middle, there, right? There is somebody yeah. offer me one proof of the globe. One, I haven't right. heard one yet. I haven't heard one yet. And I'm not just going to know. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to say fake. I'm going to show well, you. Apparently somebody did and, and Which went one? to collect this hundred thousand dollars so, and couldn't so get you, it. So, so cite what they did. You can't mm. because they didn't do anything. Right. They, they, um, they came. The article actually does. It, it's very detailed about what it is. I can send you a link to it if you'd like. Yes, probably sure. Send me a link and, and yeah. we'll. And, uh, Gives you something I'll, to work with and rebut, though. Well, you know what I mean? Here, here's the thing. We've looked at all of these things. There are no proofs of the globe. There's none. There's none. There's right. just a belief. There's just a religious belief of the globe. I mean, right. this is the globe. It's photoshopped. The, they're, they're lazy. They use the same clouds again and again and again. Right, right. Either way, I have to tell you, it's always a pleasure having you on <laughs> because I love your passion. And I, I, you know, you, you just have such a strong belief and you just go after it. It's and not I, a belief. And I, a I don't believe the earth is flat. I don't believe. <laughs> yes. I know that it's not a globe and I know yes. <clears throat> it's testably, measurably, scientifically, provably, observably flat and level yeah. and stationary. Yes, yes. And as we near the end of the show, Zach, what a show. Thank you. Yeah, we always call him our third host. Thank you, Dave, for joining us this evening and saying goodbye to everyone. So Let this me, is uh, a part of, sorry? Go, I was going to say, everybody, you can find all of my videos, all my yes. interviews, all my short videos, DITRH videos. It's all at flatearthdave.com. The app is there too. It's $3. Um, and just go read the reviews. Don't buy the app. Just go read the reviews. <clears throat> it's a one-time charge, $3. There is, if you want to be able to message other people or fill out a profile, which you don't have to, it's $10, $11 a year. Okay. Right. $11 a year. It's pretty darn reasonable. Um, but you don't have to subscribe. Just check it out. Watch the videos there or on the website for free. Go to the flat earth crash course. I challenge anyone to watch the first three videos there, there and um, walk away and say the earth is a globe. It's impossible. There we go. Amelia has Impossible. got your website up on Facebook uh, as well. And that's on our page. So anybody that wants to see it, of course, you'll be able to just uh, check it out under, as you can see under our names, uh, Dave's got his website right there. And um, 
It's been a very, it's very been really interesting because yes, if you want to email me, there you go. The outer realm contact at gmail.com. There we go. Um, and I will definitely, if you're interested, I'll send you, I'll happily send you the, the link. It's always good. Yeah, to sure. rebut. Absolutely. It's there, you know what I mean? It, so it's already been rebutted. So I just don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it just gives you an idea what was done. Right. So I'm a researcher at heart and I do love to look at everything cross-reference it time after time after time. And um, I, I always say it doesn't matter whether people agree you know, it's just a matter of being respectful from all forms. It's the only way that people actually want to learn more from you. If they feel disrespected from any individual who's trying to teach them something, of course, people have questions. You know, you're, you're trying to get away from something. We, we talk about this on many levels. You're, you're taught certain things from the time you're this big. You go through mainstream education, you know, maybe religions take play. You're being told by your parents, you're being told by your teachers, you're being told by everybody that things are a certain way. Sometimes it's a matter of, of being patient to explain. There's so much division in the world as it is. It's really hard if you really want to try to reach people. There can't be division. It's like with something like this, it's, it's, you know, you got, yeah, you're the Globers and you got like the flat earthers and it's like, man, come together and you probably just find you get a lot more achieved that way. You know, I come at it from the perspective of a student. I surely don't have answers to a lot of what my guests come forward, but I do have millions of people who want to listen and who want to hear that side because it's not made available to mainstream people right? They ha we have to rely on shows that bring people such as yourself forward to they're, talk about they're this. Hiding, they're hiding this information because it's about control. And it, it's not until people are willing to lay down their egos and realize they've been lied to their whole life. And then once but you- About a lot um, of things. Yeah. yeah, well, a lot of things, but the, the, the way they get away with these things, they have you spinning out of control. They don't have your feet planted. They don't have your higher mind activated because mm. you're trapped in the heliocentric matrix. When you're in the matrix, your brain doesn't work, and then they can get through all other psyops on you. They can make you think that a boogeyman's flying through the air, and it's going to make you chimp like a monkey, okay? They, they can make you believe anything. It's all absolute nonsense. And, and once you wake up to flat earth, then you wake up to everything else. It's amazing. Mm. Right. And I, well, I love it. I, again, I love your energy and I love, I love the presentation. I've, I've definitely enjoyed every step of the way through um, the show. And I knew I would, we had a blast the first time you were on and we definitely had a blast with you this time. Amelia, of course, from chat, cause she's still, you know, getting better and long haul for her. So she didn't want to miss this either. So thank you. And um, I will send you the links uh, to the show and uh, I will email you with that other link. And I can email you of course, with other information as I always do with our guests to let you know what uh, our listenership was. All right. Thanks so much. <laughs> okay, Dave. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Good night. And good night, Bye. darling. Bye-bye now. Well, we've come to another fantastic segment um, here on the Outer Realm. And again, I always have to say, love them or hate them, 
he's full of energy. He totally believes in it. He's, he educates um, with what he's got available and he's got a great following. And I have to say, you know, when we post the archives, they go up. People love him. So thank you. Big thank you to David Weiss tonight. And guys, if you're on YouTube and you enjoy the content, please subscribe. It would be appreciated. We appreciate your support and want to continue to, to bring you um, interesting, um, interesting guests. So thank you, Folgers Coffee. Thank you, Dr. Snick. If you guys do want to contact me, please the outer realm contact at gmail.com. I will respond as I can. If you have questions for myself or Amelia, that's how you do it. Next week, we have the return of Ryan Musgrave Evans, who's going to be picking up where he left off with his research um, in respect to experiences with tall whites. And Thursday evening, we welcome back a friend and guest Nick Redfern to the show, who will be discussing RH negative blood and the ET connection um until then of course amelia and i bid you all good night and to all david's followers in chat thank you so much for partaking we really appreciate it and um you never know maybe we'll all get to do this again sometime so thank you and good night everyone <laughs>